Welcome back to Inside the Oval, presented by Dignity Health. I'm 49ers Digital Managing Editor Haley Jones, and after 30 episodes of this podcast, I am incredibly excited to announce that 49ers Social Media Manager Patty Kwan will be joining me as a co-host moving forward. Thank you so much for that introduction, Haley. Um, I was honored when you asked me on as a guest, and I'm honored now to co-host this amazing podcast that you've built from the ground up. Um, so my for my first episode as co-host of Inside the Oval, I knew we needed to go big with our guest. So this episode, we are joined by 49ers Community Relations Senior Manager, Sia Lindsay. Sia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh my goodness, that was a big intro. I've got big shoes to fill, but I couldn't be more honored to be your co-hosting inaugural guest. So I really appreciate um, you both thinking of me and I'll I'll try my best to make you proud, but thank you so much for being, for inviting me to be here. It's an honor. I know we were talking about who we wanted for our first guest and we were like, who do we love talking to? And your name was top of the list. <laughs> Uh-oh, that also means I talk a lot, so this will be a real treat. Starting off with the basics, what are your responsibilities as a community relations senior manager? Yeah, so our department's primary responsibility is to create events and opportunities for our players to give back to and uplift the community. We work with nonprofits, community organizations, hospitals, military branches, and so many others to fulfill the needs of the community, whether it's homelessness, social justice efforts, supporting domestic violence survivors, or encouraging young kids just to read. Um, There are so many crucial cause areas. And so if you name it, we likely have a community relationship to help address that need. Um, I work alongside three incredible, inspiring women, Stacey McCorkle, Michelle Beck, and Rena Abu-Garbia. And together, we form the Community Relations Department. So we actually split and lead different cause areas, which really allows us to build sustainable, consistent relationships with our community partners over the years. So for me, my responsibilities include our health and wellness initiatives consisting of 49ers Wish, so, you know, granting make-a-wish experiences and creating once-in-a-lifetime experiences for fans going through the unimaginable. I also help manage our NFL's Crucial Catch platform to highlight cancer awareness and the incredible cancer warriors that we are always thrilled to welcome to our family. We also have incredible programming to erase the stigma around mental health and our ALS awareness platform in honor of the great Dwight Clark. Um, And then through the pandemic, I led our COVID relief initiatives, including food insecurity and frontline hero appreciation. And both of those things are going to continue to be pillars of our community programs moving forward. Um, And then I'm also proud to work for a team whose front office is one of the most diverse of any professional sport franchises. And we have employee resource groups or ERGs. So I'm the community liaison for two of those four ERGs, Women Connect, which supports the women of the 49ers front office and Apex, which supports our AAPI employees, both of which I am a proud member of. Um, And then lastly, um, in addition to player events, we also have employee volunteerism events through our Corporate Citizenship Program, program, which Rena manages. And we also have the 49ers Family Program, which is something I manage. Um, And the 49ers Family Program is a resource for the significant others and kids of players, coaches, and execs. So at the start of the season, our focus is really on welcoming back returning families and getting to know the new ones. 
So we host them at training camp. We kick off the first preseason game of the year with a tailgate. And then we officially welcome everyone to our family at an annual luncheon, which is where they get to know each other and the different departments who help support them as a resource for the year. And then from there, our focus really shifts to hosting monthly volunteers and opportunities for that group. But you'll hear me say it a lot. We always talk about our team being a family, but it's really true from the York family to John and Linda Lynch and Kyle and Mandy Shanahan and so many of our other wonderful leadership families. Everyone's really invested in making our team in the Bay Area feel like a home for our staff and players and beyond that. They're deeply invested in making a positive impact um, in our community, which is why I'm so proud to work for this organization. So to summarize, you're basically a rock star. <laughs> um, I was going to say, is that all you do? Because it just kept going and I was like, wow. no, 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 I no, no, no. I, <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people realize that, you know, what you're doing is a viable career path, just the merging of football and community outreach. What would you say your favorite aspect? Uh, what is the favorite aspect of your job? And then what would you say is the most challenging? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think I certainly didn't realize it, you know, all those years ago when I was starting to get into this. And I think always for me, my favorite aspect are the people, both internal, external. We can't do our jobs without the support of nearly every department at the Niners. I mean, you two know it best. Between digital, web, and social content, you help us amplify the impactful stories and good work of our team. And I always will say this, but you're both honorary members of CR, and you both know I love you and deeply appreciate your work. But I love getting to work alongside so many employees to bring our programming to life so that everyone feels as invested in the community and our team's legacy as we are. I also love getting to learn about other people's roles and their passion and why they love what they do. I think it makes it so much more meaningful when you both have an understanding of each other's strengths and you build on a relationship to create something you're really proud of. And I think plus at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And I think we all just want to be treated with respect, thoughtfulness and kindness. And I think you take that externally. And I love getting to work with our community partners. I always say that we're not the experts and we don't pretend to be. So it's an honor to work alongside the folks who are leaders in their fields and are really doing the grassroots level work to make the world a better place. And I think for me, one of the highlights is getting to work with so many different cause areas and really pursuing my passion for community impact. But if you combine that with sports and using sports as a vehicle for change, there's nothing better than seeing, you know, either a player connect with a community member and each respectively making a lifelong memory or our employees or families getting to do hands-on work be a part of our legacy. I think it's really magic. But I think on the flip side of that, the hardest part is there's always going to be need, right? There's no, no matter how much work you put in, there's always more you can be doing. So I think over the years, I've really had to understand my limitations and what's most impactful given our time and resources. And I'm, I'm constantly working on that. I think I always want to do more and more and more. But over the years, I've learned I can't clone myself and that sometimes the simplest gesture is the most meaningful. Patty brought up that not a lot of people know this is a career path. When you went to university, did you have like a role like this in mind or how did that come about? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't think that I did because I, I don't think I necessarily knew it existed. Right. I think so. like so many in this role, I always had an underlying community relations theme, so to speak, in my life. You know, I love sports. I'd been competitively swimming since I was five, and I was fortunate enough to swim in college. 
Um, and I think for me, it was important to find a school that offered a great swim program, but also allowed me to really take advantage of being a college student, right? So I chose a liberal arts college just for that. Um, and I ended up majoring in international relations with a minor in legal studies. And I think naturally, many of my courses ended up focusing on community impact. Um, I did a lot of human rights laws, human rights law courses, cultural anthropology, um, those types of focus areas. And I slowly noticed the theme of just wanting to help vulnerable populations and shine a light on important issues. So um, I ended up doing two internships that did just that, um, which I think we're going to talk about in a little bit. But um, I think underlying, again, was just this theme of wanting to give back and support people who really needed it. Um, and then, you know, I was a college athlete and I love sports. So combining two, those two things um, were really a dream of mine and it kind of happened naturally. Yeah. Were, you, were there any other activities that you participated in during college to kind of prepare you for where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So the two internships that I did in college definitely allowed me to pursue my passion. So one was as the community outreach intern at Habitat for Humanity Greater LA, where I supported the advocacy and community partnerships team who advocated for affordable housing. And the second was actually when I was studying abroad in Cape Town, um, I interned as the legal aide at the Women's Legal Center, um, and their mission was to advocate for women's rights and equality. Um, and then simultaneously, I'd come home every summer and coach a local club swim team, and those are still some of my favorite memories with those kids. Um, and I really loved all of those experiences and wanted to build on it. And so um, I also ended up volunteering as a tutor at a local elementary school in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, and then one of my classes actually had a requirement for me to be a teacher's aide at a local elementary school. So I think those experiences combined all really taught me how to foster connections and communicate with people of different experiences and backgrounds for me, which is so important for this role. And then I think another skill set that I always say is, you know, I always say I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable and I love meeting new people and getting to know who they are and what they're passionate about. And I think that lends itself to this role as we're constantly communicating with people both internally and externally from all different walks of life. And we're all working alongside one another just to make an impact. Um, and so I think collectively, again, all these experiences really lent themselves to prepare me for where I am today. I was stalking your LinkedIn, which is so weird to say because I know you really well. But in preparation <laughs> for this podcast, I was doing some stalking and after you graduated, how did you go from student athlete to a football club in Tanzania? Uh, great question. So my story is definitely a little all over the place. Um, you know, after graduating, I wanted to go somewhere I'd never been before. And I wanted to have another adventure while I was young. And um, again, like I said, I'm just really comfortable being uncomfortable. And so I wanted to gain some some new life experiences while also pursuing my career and passions. And a great friend of mine felt similarly, and she landed a role with the Clinton Health Access Initiative in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. So I decided to join her, which I know sounds wild, but it was incredible. And so when we decided we were going there, I really just reached out to um, the connections that I'd built over the years, um, reached out to truly anyone who might have had a connection to that region and ended up through a friend of a friend uh, being put in touch with a gentleman who owned a professional soccer team in Dar es Salaam, the African Leone Football Club. Um, and I think 
while they were a Premier League team, their resources were very different than what we might imagine the resources of, you know, a top level football club to be. And so when I when I took the job and joined him, we were really just a staff of two. And so we we wore multiple hats and I did everything from, you know, marketing communications to, you know, I was his assistant. I helped him translate a bit. You know, at one point I actually helped launch our website, which Haley, you might find interesting now. Um, don't think my skill set translates now, but, you know, I did help launch that once. I was going to say, you can come on and help us anytime. <laughs> Uh, you might you might want to take that back, but um, uh, no, I really I really wore a ton of different hats, and I learned how to do a lot of different things right out of college. But I found myself naturally wanting to do more in the community space, particularly as I became more invested in the players and the staff and the township uh, where the soccer team practice. And so um, eventually, I discovered that they had a partnership with actually an MLS team based in the U.S. who had. Uh, a contract with them to send equipment and kind of secondhand cleats and jerseys and any training equipment to help support their team. Um, and then my contact there was in community relations. And so that's kind of the small world story of how I even discovered that community relations existed um, and really set me on a path to pursue that passion of mine. I did not know you were in Tanzania. Like, <laughs> That is super interesting. And I think goes to show like the power of networking um, and like how far that'll take you, like even to Tanzania. So mm-hmm. that is very cool. Um, I guess transitioning. How did you get to the 49ers? I didn't realize that you've had like several different titles while you were mm-hmm. you've been here. Um, so just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, and I mean, I, I think your your point about networking is huge, right? Again, um, I think it's just people and the people around you and valuing who they are and, um, you know, again, just exploring those relationships to really, you know, get you to where you might want to get to, but also I think vice versa, helping others pursue their passions and helping them along the way as well. Um, and honestly, Tanzania was one of the best experiences of my life and um, really got me out of my comfort zone. and. I still love it to this day. And so I was really appreciative for that. And thank you to all those people who helped me get there. But yeah, so for the 49ers, when I got back from Tanzania, again, I knew I wanted to do CR work. Um, And so when I got back, I was um, fortunate enough to work for a nonprofit that provided consulting and coaching for nonprofits in the LA area. It was executive service course. So I worked for um, them in a communications role. Um, and they actually work with a variety of different LA-based nonprofits, um, which allowed me to really pursue a lot of different cause areas that I was really excited and passionate about. Um, and then simultaneously, you know, I knew ultimately what I wanted to do was combine community outreach with sports and again, use sports as a vehicle for change. Um, I loved both and I was passionate about both. And so, um, I was looking online for jobs in the CR world and to be honest, I'm going into my eighth season now, but eight years ago, there there weren't a ton. I think that's something that's really grown over the years. But back then, it was just a handful of folks really doing the work. Um, and that's really grown again since that time. But I applied online. Um, I think contrary to what I had been told quite a bit was, you know, I'd been told that you really need to know someone to get into this industry. And I knew no one at the Niners. And I applied blindly actually for the youth football internship. So 
Um, I went through that interview process and shout out to Jared Muella, who just recently left the organization after 13 years, but he was a part of that interview process. And uh, something he taught me was you always read every resume and application that comes across your desk. And that's something that I've carried through now because I think that's something that gave me a chance. And so I went through that interview process and uh, someone who sat uh, in that interview process was uh, one of our community relations. I think she was a coordinator at the time, but I did not end up getting that job. I know, shocking, and um, was not in the youth football uh, world. But thankfully, because of Maggie, who sat in that interview process, she was wonderfully kind enough to recommend me for the community relations internship position that was opening up. And so uh, Stacy McCorkle, who is my current boss, um, was amazing and reached out to me and asked if I wanted to apply. So I went through that whole application process, interviewed, and ended up very fortunately getting this internship. And I could not be more grateful to Stacy um, and her leadership and mentorship over the years. Um, she's truly an incredible role model um, and I think is one of the most incredible leaders and advocates for women in sports. And so I'm very fortunate to call her a boss and friend. I know. Shameless plug. If you haven't listened to Stacy's episode of Inside the Oval, go do it. It's wonderful. Please do. Please do. It's amazing. I've listened to it more times than I care to admit, but she's incredible. Definitely an inspiration. After you were hired, do you remember the first project you worked on? <laughs> so, yeah. So when I was hired, um, I I would have done anything and anything that the uh, career relations team um, tasked me with. I was just so excited and honored to join the team and land that dream job. Um, and so something that our intern does every year, they're tasked with the Alumni Legacy Project, which is the annual community event in tandem with Alumni Weekend. So each year our alumni come back for a designated game and together they uh, choose to serve the community and they trust us to put together a community event that'll be really impactful. And that year I was living up in San Francisco and so was Stacy and together we really wanted to do something up in the city. So I did some research and I found SF City Impact, which is this incredible nonprofit that serves the Tenderloin community, which for those of you who don't know, is one of the hardest hit communities up in the city. Um, definitely in need of a lot of resources. And SF City Impact is a school there for the children of the Tenderloin who are just incredible and in providing resources to those who need it most. And so we brought the alumni up along with Avenir Restaurant Group. And together we did a Iron Chef cooking competition. And so the alumni and students split off into small groups and together they made healthy meals and healthy cooking that they could then take home to their families. I don't want to tell you how many Band-Aids were used during that event. Um, I just remember telling people to elevate their hands, but um, I think it was a su success overall. And actually something that I love from that is the son of the founder of that organization is this incredible person named Christian Huang. He has since then started his own nonprofit called Mobilize Love. And as Patty knows, we just partnered our AAPI employee resource group with Christian and Mobilize Love last week to do a really wonderful mental health event. So from that event um, was born one of our strongest nonprofit relationships. And Christian and I are great friends to this day. And I think that's really special that that goes back to my first year with the team. That is 
so cool. I mean, I told you when he was here, like Christian is awesome. Um, and today while we're recording is actually um, AAPI Mental Health Day, which you mm-hmm. pointed out to me a few days ago, which is super cool. So I'm excited for everyone to see the the content and, and the great work that you helped us uh, achieve in honor of API Heritage Month um, and Mental Health Awareness Month. So really cool kind of full circle moment there. Obviously, you work with a lot of different people and organizations. Is there a cause that you yourself are particularly passionate about? Oh, my goodness. That's a hard question, as I deeply love all of our programming. And again, something I really love about this job is um, that it allows me to work in a variety of different cause areas. Um, and really pursue a lot of different passion points. And I think that's something that all of the community relations staff really love about this. If I had to choose one in recent years, I think that would probably be our mental health programming. Uh, As you both know, uh, this is one of the pillars of our community impact um, to erase the stigma around mental health and really provide the resources to those who need it most. Um, And I think this first, we'd always been doing mental health work over the years. It's always been something that's been really important to the York family and to the 49ers. Um, And then when Solomon Thomas lost his sister, Ella, to suicide, this only became more at the forefront of everything we do. Um, And I think there's an incredible story that Solly will share. But um, when he was really in one of the deepest moments of going through the grieving process, John Lynch came up to him and asked him how he was and if he was okay and if he could connect him to a local therapist with the team to get him the help that he needed. And Solly's the first to say that that helped save him in his grieving process. And I think that just speaks volumes to this organization, right? That, you know, John took the time to notice that and and made an impact in a life. And then beyond that, the way that our team rallied around the Thomas family was just one of the most incredible, inspiring chapters that I've ever witnessed. Um, And so from that, right after Ella died by suicide, Martha and Chris Thomas came to Stacey and I and immediately wanted to turn their grief to action and create an impact in the community to help save more lives by telling Ella's story. And that was one of the toughest conversations I had, but I mean, just incredible to see that the way that they they use their grief to create change and make sure that other families didn't have to go through what they were going through. And so we worked closely alongside their family. Um, and because of them started really incredible relationships with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, um, with the San Francisco um, Suicide Prevention. Now they're called Felton Institute, but just really amazing nonprofits in the mental health space. And that's only grown um, as the, again, the York family has made this a pillar of their community programming as something that's incredibly personal and meaningful to them. And so just over the years, it's just been so rewarding to help grow that programming and see how we can have a really sustainable impact in that space and get resources to anyone who needs it from students who are going through something um, in our local school system to fellow staff members who might be struggling to, you know, adults who are just now learning how to ask for help. Um, Our team is not only 
saying that they're passionate about this work, but they're deeply invested in the work and putting the dollars towards making a long-term investment to ensure that, um, again, this is something that we all talk about and we can erase the stigma together. Um, and then truly at the end of the day, um, together we can save lives. And so I would say that's probably my most rewarding, passionate work as of late. Speaking of player involvement, how much of your job, if any, goes into figuring out what causes the 49ers players are interested in and helping them either engage in the community in those areas or with their own foundations? Yeah, I would say quite a bit, right? So I think, um, again, from our ownership to John and Kyle, our team is really interested in bringing in high character guys. That is something that they will always say, and I would say they completely live up to. They're bringing in these incredible players who immediately from the day they sign um, are asking what they can do to give back in the community. And sometimes even before they sign, they're coming into our office and asking ways that they can give back and help. They're already thinking about what's next. And so I think that's really incredible for us um, is for players to reach out first. And I think we're seeing that trend more and more and more, especially through John and Kyle's legacy. And so that's one way is players come to us and ask us what they can do. Sometimes they also have existing foundations and programming that they're hoping to duplicate in the Bay Area. Um, And sometimes their teams reach out. They all have community teams or the guys who have foundations do. And so those folks will reach out to us and ask ways for their players to get engaged. And then something, again, that I think speaks to the York family and John and Kyle is that at the start of season, um, they actually invite us in to speak to the team. So we speak to both the rookie class and to the entire uh, final roster on ways that they can be involved in the community and give back and kind of how our typical programming runs um, and so that they become familiar from day one on what it means to be a 49er and and the passion and legacy of giving back to make an impact in the Bay Area. So those are just a couple of the ways that we get to know them. While we're on community or player community involvement, I've always wanted to know, how do you guys pick your community award winners? Because you do honor like a player every year. Yeah, that's a great question. So honestly, so far, we have a couple different awards for just the community relations award for the top number of hours served. That's as simple as us just tracking, right? So there are some guys who quite literally volunteer every single week and then some who are volunteering in their own time. And so naturally, kind of over the course of the season, you'll start to see a theme of certain guys who show up week after week. And I will say, honestly, in the last couple of years, it's gotten really competitive. We have a number of players who are really high in the number of hours they're giving back and supporting the community. And so um, it's a difficult decision, but ultimately it is the hours um, and impact that a player makes. Um, We also have the Family Service Award. Like I mentioned, we have these incredible families who are a part of our team. And so we also keep track of all the 49ers family volunteerism hours. And so we give out a family award at the end of the season for the family who's given back the most. And then we have a couple of different awards throughout the year um, that we honor players with. So Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year, is one that's really big um, honor for players to win that and be recognized each year. Um, so that 
goes through a couple different committees and um, careful consideration to come up with that player who has a legacy of giving back. Um, and then we have the Perry Yonamine Unity Award, uh, which is voted on by fellow players and our coaching staff. Um, and so there's just, again, a number of different awards. We have our Salute to Service Award. Again, someone who's been really deeply invested in, in giving back to the military community. So as the years go on, I'm telling you, those are getting more and more competitive because we just really have incredible people in the locker room and front office who make it who make it hard on us because they're just all doing such incredible, inspiring work. Do you still have the WWE belt? Is that still a thing? Great question, Patty Kwan. We do. That is sitting safely atop Michelle Beck's desk, and we will be introducing it back again this year. So everyone keep your eye out for that one. I love it. We were toying with the idea of having like a similar prize for guys. Like, oh, if you do this video for us, or like, you know, all the content that we ask of them, getting something like the belt, because I think they really gravitate towards that. Oh, we're yeah. trying I the mean, bribery method now. That's our go-to. <laughs> yes. I mean, these guys love WWE. I've never seen anything. Like, I myself just watched my first WWE. Is it like, I don't know, Monday night? Is that when they usually do yes, it? I, I believe never, that's raw. Unbelievable. Never experienced anything like that, I would say. So, I mean, you could you should get one of the belts. They're definitely a, a proud, sought-after item, I should say. Yeah, that's good to know. And also, there's a great photo of Saya's reaction to w- watching WWE for the first time. Um, so <laughs> I feel like... How about Meg Williams that for that point. moment? Um, yeah, we'll just let that stay. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great photos of you out there, period. Do you no. have one that you wish you maybe weren't in the background of? Oh my gosh, so many things. I mean, Patty knows best from capturing content in our community events, but I think one thing we've, community relations department has gotten particularly skilled at is trying to dodge the cameras at any given event. Um, Because we like to say we are the people behind the scenes who help make things happen, but we don't need to be the people on the camera. But, you know, I'm not always very effective at that. So if you ever... Talk to Nick Shabetta from our 49ers Studios team, who are also incredible, let me say. Um, he has a nice blooper reel of me from all various <laughs> community moments over the years. So we'll let that stay hidden. That's not for public consumption. It's funny because I think Kaylee asked me the same question when, is I, when I was on the podcast because I have a number of unflattering photos. But the one that comes to mind of you is the one <laughs> where... You oh look gosh. so happy, and it's the one of George, and I think <laughs> one of the Wish kids, and your like hands are clasped together, and you just look like the happiest person in the oh world, my and it's like honestly my favorite picture ever, and uh, we should probably use it for this thumbnail oh, for this episode. You know what? I actually will allow that because that is truly <laughs> my that is how I feel. I just love I love Forty Nineers Wish. I love our programs. I love when a sweet Make-A-Wish kid is on the sideline and gets to meet their hero. But simultaneously, you know, the kids don't even realize how much they impact and inspire our players. And so anytime I can witness that, I i mean, you know, you guys know me, I cry more often than not. A lot of happy tears. And so that's definitely one where I'm crying in the back 
<laughs> so I, I will let you use that for this one. I will let you use that for this moment because it's just such a special moment. It's so good. Um, I, I need to reel it back. You. I need to know your oh, Patty no. and Haley's most embarrassing. Yep. I mean, you've got to have some. I don't, um, so I, I can really step out of this. <laughs> I I avoid the camera at all costs. <laughs> I'm sure well, I could find some of Haley. Yeah, I was going to say. Mean, on, like, my own camera roll. Oh, definitely on people's camera rolls. None that are, like, on the 49ers servers. Well, challenge yeah. accepted. I have a favorite of Patty. I'll I'll just throw her under the bus since I don't have one. Um, it's actually at a CR event too, which is why it's oh, so perfect for this. There was a CR event the day after holiday party in is that 2017 or 18? And you Patty was wearing a sweatshirt and she po- um she like put did you have like a water bottle? and your keys and your wallet all in the front like pocket pouch thing and like was already like tired because it was early and then she had all of this weight in the pocket of her hoodie and like so she looked like tired and pregnant and she's in the back just like walking around and it's my favorite I think it's from a 49ers wish because I think that's also when isn't that the one that um what's his is it Cedric the Entertainer is that what who he is that he came to visit that one Cedric was in 2019 he was at it was the morning after a holiday party I know him coming to a 49ers wish happened I wonder if it was from that anyways challenge accepted I'll find photos of maybe we'll create like a nice graphic of the three of us to accompany this podcast. <laughs> team no bag I just, everything's just in my pockets um okay I, you've never told me that Haley so you <laughs> now have to send it to me because I have no idea what you're talking about oh okay I will I we've definitely talked about it and you've just blocked it out mm. <laughs> yeah repressed memory okay we're gonna get back in we kind of mentioned um events like that photo was taken at a community event is there an event that you've planned that you're really proud of? And can you take us through the process of how you go about planning these events? Because I feel like we've talked about this where you're like this, people don't realize that you're an event planner on top mm-hmm. of like everything else. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys just are complimenting left and right. And I, I'm not worthy of these, but we, <laughs> I mean, truly it is community relations as a team. We work together side by side on everything. So we can't do anything without one another. And then again, we can't do anything without the support of nearly, if not every department at the Niners. Um, But I think, again, really hard for me to answer what my most proud of is just because again, I think for me, it's just the emotions that are tied to everything. And I, I just really love what we do. And I'm so fortunate. I think if I had to choose two that immediately come to mind are our Crucial Catch fashion show, which I know both of you have seen. Um, but that started a couple of years back um, to highlight cancer awareness. And again, the incredible cancer warriors that we are so proud to welcome out every year. Um, but we pair anyone who is either going through cancer currently or who might be in remission. It doesn't matter if you're a kid, an adult, no matter what life experience if you've been through, what type of cancer you're battling, what stage you're at, um, we welcome everyone to really, again, show that 
cancer doesn't discriminate, it affects everyone. And it's truly one of the most inspiring events I think I've ever been able to be a part of. And we pair these cancer warriors with players and they walk down the runway as their story of strength is shared with the audience. And again, I tell you I'm a crier, but I swear everyone is crying at that event because it's just incredible to show the resilience of these amazing cancer warriors who have been through so much and still are just smiling and beaming and are truly just incredible. And our players leave again equally as inspired. Um, and then Hope for the Holidays is another one um, that's taken on iteration over the years. But a couple years ago, we introduced this event to welcome out a number of different nonprofits, which eventually total, I want to say nearly 1,500 to 2,000 guests at the peak of that event. And that is really for folks to come out during the holiday season to receive resources that they're deeply in need of. So whether that's a haircut, a health screening check, a hot meal, shoes, clothing, glasses, diapers, um, truly anything that you can imagine, they've probably received it at this event. And that's all thanks to our incredible corporate partnership team as well, who brings in these amazing resources year after year. And to our incredible community partners really step up to support those who need it most. Um, and then our staff and our players come together in a big way to volunteer and help us distribute those resources. And again, just provide these once in a lifetime memories for families who just might be going through a little bit of a tough time. And so I think those are two really wonderful memories of mine that I'm super proud of. And then in terms of creating those events, like Patty said, I think Ultimately, if you boiled it down, we are event planners. And again, we can't do it without the help of so many people. So from our stadium operations team, who are true unsung heroes, who help us put together those events, to our content teams, Patty and Haley included, who help us capture and share onward these incredible stories, to again, our nonprofit community partners, who we quite literally wouldn't even have anyone at these events if not for them and their relationships with these amazing families. And then our staff and our players and their families who actually volunteer and help us put on these massive events. Um, but we really couldn't do it without everyone. And, and again, like I said, our corporate partnerships team who help us really find the resources to distribute back into the community. So, I mean, it's a process start to finish. But again, at the end of the day, it is so worth it to see everyone come together and just create these really once in a lifetime memories. And again, I think those events we leave just as deeply impacted as the families who attend them. You impact a lot of people in the community with your work. What's a moment that stuck with you that you'll never forget? Yes, I have a lot of moments in this job that I will carry with me for many, many, many years. I think immediately when I think of one, I think of Austin DeMello, who I think a lot of our fans and staff and players will remember. Um, Austin was an incredible, resilient, strong um, 49ers wish guest who we were granting his terminal wish to meet the players and have a day with our team. And he has an incredible family who was with him for this experience. And I think just the care and attention to detail that our entire team from our staff to our players, to our chef, to our groundskeeping crew, to our AV, literally everyone 
came together to make sure that he had the most incredible day with the team. And I think one moment that everyone will remember is when Marquise Goodwin bent down to his wheelchair and had a moment with him just to talk about life and the meaning of all of it. And um, I think that's just something that will forever stick out for me. And then the amount of time the players took after practice, usually, you know, they can all go home and kind of have the rest of their Saturday to themselves. But every single one of them took the time to stay. I mean, hours afterwards to spend time with Austin and his brother and his parents to, again, just ensure that he had just a really special day. And sadly, Austin lost his battle um, to cancer not many weeks later. And the way our team rallied around his family during that grieving process was just, again, one of the most incredible experiences. Um, And I'll never forget that. And I actually still stay in touch with his mom to this day. Um, And so, again, I'll, I'll be forever grateful to this team and our community for rallying around such an incredible family during um, a time they really needed it. So again, equally as impactful was their impact on us and just the resilience and strength and positive outlook. And I mean, they were, they're truly, they're truly incredible people. So I'll never forget that for forever. I think. I mean, you mentioned how much of a full organization or how much of the organization took part in that and does you've mentioned it in a lot of your answers and how involved everyone is from front office to coaches players staff families of coaches and players during your tenure with the 49ers have you seen the organization's focus on the community change or grow at all from day one, I've been proud to work for a team where they've always been leaders and advocates in the community. Um, I think, again, from the York family down, uh, this is a team that has a very well-known reputation for being leaders in the community impact space. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to work for the 49ers specifically is, again, just the incredible work they're doing. And I think also for me, It was really important to work for an organization that really aligned with my values, especially as we've seen the issues that have risen over the last few years. And I can proudly say that our team has responded in a way that I would really love more organizations to be responding in. And so as the needs of the community have really changed and adjusted over the years, uh, we are constantly encouraged and empowered to respond to those needs. Um, And so in that way, the community has definitely, the community focus has changed. But in terms of growth, again, they've always been leaders from day one. And I think one thing that is pretty incredible is we have four departments dedicated towards the community on this team. And to be frank, that's unheard of at most, if any, other professional sports teams. Uh, So between community relations, we also have the 49ers Foundation, and we have 49ers EDU and 49ers Prep, and collectively we form the Community Impact Department. And we have a number of staff whose whose sole focus is to impact the community and better the lives of everyone around us. And so I think in that way, we've certainly grown. But again, I think as community relations and and generally speaking, CSR has become more of an important focus point for so many corporations and teams, 
I'm just really proud to be for be proud to work for a team that's been at the forefront of that from day one. And so in that way, I would say they've, they've shifted and grown. That's incredibly well said. Um, do you have any advice for people trying to break into this industry? Yeah, I think, I think for me, again, I said it earlier, but I had always been told that I needed to know someone who, who was in the industry, who worked for a team or who could get me a job. And ultimately I didn't get that. I didn't get this job because of that. Uh, And so I think something that my parents have always instilled in me and encouraged is just to pursue what I love and to really make sure that at the end of the day, I'm doing a job that is fulfilling and, and is something that I wake up and I'm excited to do. And I'm proud when I go to sleep of the work I've done. Um, And I can say that with every fiber of my being that I, I am really honored and and grateful to have that. And so I think for people who are looking to work in the sports industry, don't be discouraged if you haven't necessarily found the opportunity that you're looking for, or you're, you're having a challenging time. I think for me, even if the opportunity wasn't there right away, I always did jobs or roles that helped me grow and become a more qualified candidate for when that job ultimately did come up and I was able to apply for it, right? So before this, I worked for a nonprofit. Before that, I was working for a sports team. So along the way, I was growing and gaining skill sets and experiences that ultimately made me a candidate for this role. And so don't get discouraged. And again, at the end of the day, just just do something that you love and make sure that you're really passionate about it. Because if you have that with you, um, that's hard to deny when you get into an interview process or you know, it comes across in an application, a cover letter, we can see that. So again, just just make sure that you do what you love and you're really proud of it at the end of the day. You mentioned much earlier in this podcast that something you learned from Jared was that you read every resume that comes across your desk. Do you have anything that you either look for that really stands out to you or is a, on the flip side is a red flag? Yeah, great question. And I would say, again, I learned that from Jared and then with Stacy too, similarly. She always taught me when when hiring, you read every single application that comes across your desk because again, I think this this role leads to a diverse range of experiences, right? So none of us have the same experience coming into this job, but we all have similar threads. And so some of those threads that we're looking for are this kind of consistent history of either volunteerism or working for a nonprofit or being involved as a community organizer within your own home space or you know for us sports too similarly right so I was a I was a coach and I taught swim lessons so some history of having an appreciation for sports as a vehicle for change and then I think again just consistently for us is talking to the candidate that's where we really understand what someone's passionate about and if it is something that they're really excited about because it naturally comes across. I think anytime you talk to someone who works in the community space, we all get emotional. We all deeply love what we do and we care so much. And so when you're speaking with someone who truly loves this, that's going to come across in an interview. And I would say, you know, some of our most memorable hires have been people who didn't even necessarily know 
that this is what they wanted to do, but they had been in other fields and then naturally found themselves spending their free time doing community and community relations type work. So I would say just highlight that and and resumes and cover letters, and then um, that will get you, you know, that interview. And then from that interview, the passion and love for what we do really comes across. Okay. Final question. It's my favorite one. We've asked it, I think, on every episode of this podcast. Every job posting has the ominous other duties as assigned bullet point at the very bottom. I think they hope you don't read it. Have you done something with the 49ers that you weren't expecting or maybe wouldn't be in your job your job posting as it was listed? Great question. You both have really amazing questions. Okay, I think one thing that I laugh about every year as I'm literally doing the job is so as part of our 49ers family program, what people don't maybe know is that we offer game day childcare. And so we partner with an amazing organization called Bright Horizons. And so I am not providing the childcare myself, but we have this incredible team of caregivers who comes in and we actually have a daycare space built into our stadium. Um, And so that is one of my other duties as assigned is helping manage our childcare daycare space at the stadium. And I don't think I ever thought I would have the knowledge to be able to run a daycare, but that happened to have come up in this role. And I'm biased, but I think we have some of the best football families out there. And I get to watch these sweet kids grow up right in front of us. And I think it allows us an opportunity to get to know their families even better. And again, shout out Bright Horizons because they're doing some really tough work. And so I appreciate them. And I know our families do. But Yeah, running a daycare center, I would say, was unexpected, but I do love it. That is, thank you for sharing that. I think that's really cool. And I've seen daddy daycare, and I'm sure that's not an easy feat. (laughs) Um, I love that that's your point of reference. Props to you. I saw that in like 2002. Um, So, deep in the archives. Saya, thank you so much for joining us on this first joint co-hosting venture. I think something that you might have done with every answer is shout out someone else, which is an awesome testament to you and the kind of person you are and the great work that you're doing. And and so just want to say thank you for joining us. Let's definitely do this again. I appreciate that. Yeah, come back. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want me to come back? <laughs> Let's interview Haley. <laughs> I, that's ex- I was about to say, I'm only going to come back if we can interview Haley, but I am. I would be honored to. And I, I want to take this moment to shout out both of you guys because I could say that you are incredible, um, I think, friends, coworkers, colleagues, role models, and I think really wonderful examples of not only what it means to be a leader in the sports world who's passionate about what they do, but again, empowering women um, of many different backgrounds to do the same. Um, and so I, I'm grateful for you both every single day. And it's been an honor to be here. So I appreciate you both and happy Mental Health Awareness Month and happy AAPI Heritage Month. <laughs>